Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining us for episode 33. Please be sure to follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Football is almost here. We are about two weeks out from opening day. Very, very excited to get into the season. And this episode is definitely going to be an important one. So this is basically going to be DFS 101, DraftKings 101. I primarily play on DraftKings. You can also play on FanDuel or other sites. But what we'll be doing today is basically breaking down everything you need to know to get into DFS. Now, I know a lot of you are seasoned veterans, but still could be some things that could help you out. If you are choosing to get into DFS for the first time, welcome. You are definitely going to like what's in this episode. Going to be a lot of information to go through, so please bear with me. But basically, if you have ever been in a championship in your season-long fantasy league, you know how exhilarating it can be from basically just winning a championship to also if there's money involved. Now with DFS, basically what you have is both of those, but every single week. So it is extremely, extremely exciting. Basically every week is like a new season with a chance to beat out a hundred or hundreds of thousands of people and win life-changing money. So it is very exciting and, and there are many, many ways to get into it and strategies that you need to know. If you do not know these, then you are actually at a severe disadvantage to the other players. So the first thing you will be doing is obviously setting a lineup. So you will choose what contest you want to enter, and you will create a lineup. That lineup, basically you have $50,000 worth of salary to allocate to each of your positions. The positions are a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. Now each player is worth a certain amount of salary, and you have $50,000 total to fill out your lineup. Now, many people just log into DraftKings, set a lineup with the favorite guys or guys they just want or guys that are on their fantasy team, but that's not really the best way to do it if you are looking to be profitable long-term. So there's a number of things that go into it, but the first thing that you need to do is allocate an amount of money that you are willing to lose each week because as crazy as it sounds, you are going to lose money. While that may not sound too appealing, the goal mainly is to stay afloat as long as possible until we hit a good chunk of money. So each week, if you implement these strategies, you will put yourself in the best position to stay profitable over the long haul. So if the first thing that you thought when I said you are going to lose money was, well, then why would I want to do this? That right there tells you everything you need to know about what type of contests you should be entering. So for most people, I would even say if you're just getting into it just to get your bearings and get used to setting a lineup is to enter into cash games. Now, what is a cash game? A cash game is basically a double up or a head to head. So it is basically however much the buy-in for the contest is, you are winning double that amount of money. Now, however many people are getting paid out, just to make it super easy, if there's 100 people in a double up, generally the top 50 would get paid out. So from first place to 50th, all would get the same amount of money. If it's a $10 buy-in, 
each person gets $20. If it's $100, each person gets $200. So basically, you are doubling whatever your buy-in is, and the top half of that contest is going to get paid out. So those are considered cash games. And same thing as well with head-to-heads. You are playing against one person, and one of you gets paid. So these contests are a lot less volatile And you actually have a little bit of wiggle room because you don't have to be absolutely perfect like you would in The Millionaire Maker. So all in all, cash games are a great way to get your footing if you're just getting started. Or if you just want to throw in a couple dollars each week, it's a great way to get some action without having a huge risk. I personally play cash games and tournaments, or also known as GPPs, which we will get into in a minute. But what I do is basically play an amount of cash games that will win me back at least two-thirds of what my buy-in for that week is. So it sets a nice floor if I hit on my cash lineup that I'm not losing a good amount of money each week. Now, everyone has a different strategy. It's very similar to investing. What do you want to do? How much are you willing to risk? Are you trying to be conservative? Or are you being very, very aggressive and throwing every dollar into the millionaire maker? Now, if we're talking about the millionaire maker, as I just said, GPPs, guaranteed prize pools, are larger tournaments like the millionaire maker where there's a couple different options. So the Millionaire Maker is an MME, a multi-mass entry. And these contests, any player can enter up to 150 lineups. So these players are generally using what's called a lineup optimizer. So there are a lot of sites that have optimizers where basically you can set rules on what players you would like in certain lineups, basically put stars next to players to create a player pool and it will spit out lineups for you. So if you are new to this, you don't really want to be entering into the Millionaire Maker. Yes, it's great to have a chance at at winning a million dollars, but it's essentially a lottery ticket. You are going against people that are using computers and optimizers to set their lineups. And if you're only setting one, two, or five lineups, then you are at a severe disadvantage to those people using optimizers. So If you still want tournament upside where you can win a good amount of money, but not as volatile, there are also what's called single entries, which each player can only enter up to one lineup in these tournaments, or three entry max, which obviously is pretty self-explanatory. You're entering up to three entries into the tournament, or there's also 20 max, where you're entering 20 lineups into a said contest. So there's a couple different options as far as the tournaments go. With single entry, when you are entering less lineups per person, like we said before with cash, you don't have to be as perfect. To win the Millionaire Maker, you have to have the absolute best lineup that week. Every player in your lineup has to absolutely smash. Whereas with single entry, in smaller fields you actually don't have to have the absolute best lineup. You can have a good lineup, a very good lineup, and and still actually win a good amount of money. So setting your goals is really going to be key in what contest you are going to select. If you are new to this, you can basically shoot for the stars if you're willing to lose every dollar each week and and just re-up the next week. Or if you're just trying to min-cash, 
really what you want to do is enter some of the single entry or the three entry max and you should look at what the actual pay line is. So a lot of these contests are only paying out 20% of the entries. So you can look and, and divide the amount of people getting paid by the amount that are entering the contest and that'll give you the percentage that gets paid out. If you're looking just to min cash, you want to be in some of those contests that are paying out 22 to 20%. So the other thing you wanna consider is, let's say you are just shooting for the top. The difference between coming in first place or second place in some of these contests could literally be decimal points. So if you're looking at the Millionaire Maker for week one, you're looking at a million dollar top prize. If someone scores 0.2 more points than you and you come in second, you're winning 200,000. Now 200,000, great, that's awesome. I'd love to win that amount. But the difference between a million and 200,000 is a humongous difference for such a minimal, minimal difference in your lineup. So try and, and look and keep those things in mind when you are choosing what tournament you are going to enter. And if you are fine with that, then absolutely, by all means, jump in it. Or if you would like some more structured payouts, then, then take a look at those and get a good idea. So that really narrows down the contest selection and what you wanna do. And those selections will determine what kind of lineup you should be setting. If you are setting the Millionaire Maker, you are looking for straight upside guys that can absolutely go nuts. You don't care about volatility, whether a guy has a low floor. You're looking for guys to, to really, really score a ton of points. That's the goal in most tournaments. But in single entry and three max, like we said, you don't need as much to be perfect. So having some safe guys is good, but one of the big things that you have to consider is ownership or roster percentage. Now, what this is, is how many other entrants in that contest are going to be playing that same guy. So let's just take Christian McCaffrey, for example. Christian McCaffrey is clearly one of the best running backs in the NFL when he is healthy, so a lot of people will like to use him, especially on DraftKings, where, where it's full point PPR. So if Christian McCaffrey is 40% owned in your contest, you basically are going the same way as 40% of the entrance of that contest. So if someone else goes with a different running back and that running back scores 0.1 more points than Christian McCaffrey, they have jumped ahead of 40% of those people. So it's something to consider, something that definitely matters a lot. Now, single player ownership isn't the end all be all because there are ways that you can get different with lineups, but ownership is definitely something that you need to consider if you're going to be getting into DraftKings or Daily Fantasy. I will say if you're playing cash, you don't need to be as concerned with ownership because half of the field is getting paid regardless, so you don't need as much leverage to hop over people to get that top prize. So that is one of the main reasons why I said getting into cash is a good idea, because in the beginning, you may not have a good grasp on all of it, so you can try different things out and actually get a good idea of how it all works without having the volatility and, and basically still having a good chance at, at winning some money. So now that we know what ownership is, we're going to get into some really, really key terms and strategies, the biggest of which are stacks. 
Now, stacks are, are a couple different things, but the main thing when you hear someone speaking about a stack, it's having a quarterback and having one of his pass catchers. Now, the reason we want to do this is obviously if a quarterback is doing well, he's throwing touchdowns to his pass catchers. So if we can get that right, if we can get the pass catcher that he is throwing it to, it is one less thing that we have to get right in our lineup. And the more we can do that, the better. So you can stack a quarterback with a wide receiver or with a tight end or possibly with both. If you have a pass catching back, they don't tend to work out as much, but if you do get it right in that instance, then that gives you a huge leg up. So stacks are great when it comes to getting things right and basically getting two players for one in their production. Now with your stack, if you really like that quarterback that much, you could go with a double stack. So that is where you are matching him with two of his pass catchers. So for this upcoming first week of the NFL season in 2022, if we wanted to, let's just say, go with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. If Cousins throws for three touchdowns and all three of them are to Thielen and Jefferson, then you have a huge game from three players. So if you really like a game environment and you like a player's upside in that game, you could use more than one pass catcher. Now, if you think that that game is going to shoot out, then what you could do is use a bring back or a game stack. And what you're doing there is playing a player from the opposing side. So if we think that that game is going to absolutely shoot out, we have Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and then we can bring it back with Aaron Jones. So if, if it's a shootout back and forth and the Viking side is doing great, and Green Bay has to play catch-up, Aaron Jones is catching a bunch of passes, it's a great bring-back, and if we get that right, again, it is a huge, huge upside to have basically now four players doing great in our lineup, and that's just coming from one game. So the less that we have to get right, the better, and that's why stacks are so, so important when you are playing Daily Fantasy. So generally, we should be stacking our quarterback with pass catchers. But if you don't want to do that, generally it would be with a rushing upside quarterback like Lamar Jackson. If you don't want to play any of his pass catchers, that is fine. You can play Lamar Jackson naked. So when you hear someone on a podcast or, or written on a DFS article and they, they are writing, I'm playing so-and-so naked, that just means I'm playing them without any of his pass catchers. Because they have that upside with their legs, they can get there without having to rely as much on their pass catchers. So that is also a strategy. Now you could still have a game stack while playing a quarterback naked, and then you could go on the other side and play pass catchers or running backs from the other side. So it's all about how you see a game going and telling yourself a story of how these players get there, and that is how you should construct your lineup. So with that being said, you are at a severe disadvantage if you are only setting one lineup. So if you're just getting into this and you don't want to set too many lineups, I would say enter into a three max. And what you can do is, like we just said, if you see a game going a certain way, and we'll just use that Kirk Cousins example again, I love Kirk Cousins, I want to play him with those two pass catchers, I can bring it back with Aaron Jones on one 
lineup and maybe Alan Lazard on another lineup. And then basically that's two of my lineups where I have said I am focusing on the Green Bay-Minnesota game. But if you're wrong, and let's say that game just is an absolute dud and doesn't do anything, your third lineup you can basically just set completely different. So you're kind of setting yourself out and not putting all your eggs in one basket. So it's a great way of getting the upside of what you think is most likely to happen while hedging in case it doesn't happen. So just to recap, if we go through all the steps, what we want to do is determine how much money are we willing to allocate each week. How willing are we to lose that money? So do we want to play cash games? Do we want to play GPPs? Are we just playing lottery each week and we're just going to enter into the millionaire maker? Or are we trying to enter into a single entry or three max or a combination of cash and tournaments? Those are very, very important and will go a long way towards how you set your lineups. How many people are in a certain contest determine how much ownership or chalk you want to take on in any given lineup. The more people that are in a contest, the more different you have to be to get to the top of that contest. At the same time, don't just get different to be different. Sometimes there's a reason guys are going completely unowned, so don't just try and throw low-owned guys in there because they're low-owned. You gotta play them for a reason. They gotta actually be good plays to pan out. So if you're just hopping into a millie maker and you're playing bottom-of-the-barrel guys because you just know they're not going to be owned, probably not really the best upside there. So you kind of got to take the ownership into account, but it's not the end-all be-all. I know this was a ton of information and your head is probably spinning if you have never heard any of this before. And even for some of the more seasoned veterans, this is probably still a lot. But if you've listened to this point, I'm sure you've at least taken something away from this. And if you need to, go back and listen to it again. If you would like, thehelmsports.com. You can go and check in the DFS overview tab. And basically most of this is, is in written form. So you can go back and actually read it. If you would rather read it than listen to it, I would suggest you go and do that. There are also showdown games for single games on DraftKings. I will be going into that more when I do my showdown breakdown for opening night. So be sure to check that out. Each of my articles also give a a quick breakdown of strategy and, and how you should approach showdowns. So keep that in mind if anyone was wondering about that. As always, thank you for listening. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Next two weeks, we will be back with a DraftKings pricing breakdown and some some of our best plays, so look out for that. Thank you for listening. I will be back next week, and we will be going heavy into week one. So thanks for listening again and again and again. Talk to you soon. Stefan out there.